From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and what a great guest we have for you. Author of My Life in Winters, Mike Ewing is joining us. Mike, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to do it. Now, Mike, why My Life in Winters? Uh, well, when I was when I was a kid, uh, uh, when living in Leadville, Colorado, I had never skied because I lived in a different climate before that. And uh, in October, uh, coming home from school, uh, it had snowed, and it snowed about 14 or 16 inches. And so when we got home, as soon as the bus stopped, the neighbor kids, the Sacri family, uh, they had five kids. They all piled out of the bus and ran over to the shed and pulled their skis and boots and bindings out and started hiking up the hill and skiing. And I was standing there watching, kind of flabbergasted. And Mr. Sackery asked me if I wanted to try it. And I said, well, I don't have equipment. He said, I can fix that because he had kids and big storage guy. So I started. So that was in 1951. And... I had I I can still remember the first time I slid on a ski. I got oh wow this is really cool, <laughs> and uh, so anyway uh, from that point on I calibrated my life in winters. So when somebody asked me when something happened, I don't tell them well it happened in 1965. I'll tell them well it happened in 1964 65, or I'll say it was in the winter of 65 66. And so my entire life has been calibrated from the point that I started toward winter, and uh, so hence my my life in winters. Now, what is it that motivated you to put this into a book? Because that's a really big undertaking. Uh, well, it is, and, and I had had some writing experience in that I'd written some articles, include of one, including one that was... Uh, uh, picked up by uh, 32 degrees. My ski partner here at Big Sky and I decided to ski every ski area in the state of Montana in the in the year of 2017-2018. And uh, we, in fact, got it done. There were 16 ski areas, and we got it done, and we put 5,400 miles on our uh, Subaru. And as it turned out... Uh, it was really an enlightening thing, and so when we got done with it, uh, we wrote an article, and it was published, and so my daughter, um, who is a very, she's very uh, published, in fact, she owns the publishing company that uh, published this book, um, she said, you know, Dad, you, you, you need to tell a story, because we need to have a family book. And uh, I said, what does that mean? And she says, well, you know, your granddaughter doesn't really know about your, your, your life. And she, quite frankly, she didn't either because we didn't meet until she was later in life. And so what ended up happening is I started writing and she started editing. And uh, she has published a bunch of stuff. And uh, one of her editors asked her what she was writing, and she said, well, I'm not writing right now because I'm editing my dad's book. And she said, what's it about? So she told her, and she said, well, it's going to family, be a family book. The plan was it was going to be like 40 or 50 pages. Well, what ended up happening is the editor read it and said, you know, this is more than a family book. This is basically a history of the U.S. ski industry. And your dad needs to tell the story because there's people out there in the ski world they would like to know these stories. And um, 
the next thing I know, <laughs> uh, I spent a year almost to the date from when I started to when we finally got it uh, in print. And uh, I had an absolutely phenomenal winter because I was when I wasn't teaching skiing, I was writing and remembering all of the cool things that have happened in my life. I like how you say tell a story because your writing style actually is you telling a story. It, it comes across like you talking. Yes, and I've heard that from several of my clients that I ski with. They, they've read the book and they call me up and they say, that's a great book. She, and several of them, one in particular said, I felt like I was riding the chair lift with you while I was reading about the story of uh, that, that particular chapter. And uh, I found that very flattering because uh, I, people tell me that I am a storyteller. Now, you're also a ski instructor. How long have you been doing that? I know you just got awarded a, a pretty hefty pin. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got my 50 pin, but it's actually, that was from uh, the date I was certified, and I, it's actually 57 years ago that I was first certified, 1965. Um, but I started teaching skiing uh, in Monarch because the ski area general manager, Monarch, was also my scoutmaster. And when I got my Eagle Scout in uh, February 29th of 1956, I was going to quit scouting because I thought I'd done what I set out to do, which was to get my Eagle Scout. And he said, no, no, no. He said, but these programs don't work unless you pay it forward. And he said, what I'd like you to do while you're in high school is to be the junior assistant scoutmaster and help me with the young kids and so we could keep this troop going. And, of course... He was right. Uh, these things, you know, like scouting and things like that don't happen unless they're paid forward. So uh, the one thing I could do is teach people how to teach the little kids how to ski. It's pretty simple then. You made a wedge turn, not wedge turn now, but in those days, snowplow. And so I spent the last four years of when I was in high school teaching. And uh, I really actually didn't know how, but I kind of figured it out. And uh, so that's uh, that's what I started was in 1956. And I'm uh, my goal right now. My last thing on my bucket list is that I get my 60 year pin in uh, uh, in the winter of 24-25. Now, what are some of the really key moments that you can remember throughout an almost 60 year career in teaching skiing? that really stand out to you? What are, what are some of the really most meaningful things that have happened to you during that time? Uh, well, the first thing that jumps out was my first paid teaching uh, thing. So I came home from uh, college, my, my freshman year in college, and I went up to the ski area, and I was a national uh, uh, ski patrol volunteer patrolman. And I went up and I was thinking I would do some volunteering and I ran into the ski school director and she said, would you like to teach over the winter, over the, the Christmas break? And I said, I don't know how to teach skiing. She said, what are you talking about? You taught my son how to ski. <laughs> so I said, oh, I don't know. And she says, well, we pay five bucks an hour and uh, you probably get tips. Oh, that sounds good. So I did it. And uh, the first lesson that I was assigned, and this makes me laugh to this day, I was assigned 11 cadets from the United States Air Force Academy 
in a beginner lesson, never ever skied. And so I had 11 guys who were either my age or a little bit older, who were all fit, and they were used to following orders. And I took them through the entire progression from a snowplow turn to a parallel turn in three and a half hours. And it was just amazing because every time I said, this is what we're going to do, they would answer, yes, sir. And I would say, do you want to try this? Yes, sir. So that night when I came home from from teaching, my dad said, how was your day? Do you like teaching skiing? I said, oh, my gosh, this is so easy. I said, I can't believe how easy this was. And I made a I made. You know, eight dollars. I made I made twenty four dollars today, and I got an eight dollar tip. So this is amazing. My entire career, I've waited for another lesson like that, and it's never happened. <laughs> so that, that that was one of the main things. Uh, I always talk about. Uh, I have people ask me what was the the most powerful lesson you taught. And uh, I, I, I taught this, gosh, 20 years ago at Big Sky. And it was a family who had two children, and um, one was able-bodied, and the second one had had a stroke when he was in uh, childbirth. And he was partially paralyzed on his left side, uh, but he was mobile. And uh, they came into the ski school, and they asked... Uh, the ski school director, if they had anybody that would be willing to try to teach him how to ski and have him be out on the hill, you know, while they were there for the week that they were going to ski. And so uh, the ski school director knew that I had had a little bit of experience in that. And so he called me and so he called me in and he said, you want to try this? And I said, sure, let's do it. So I started off with the kid and it, it, it was really, it was really interesting because he was one of the smartest kids I've ever been around in my life. Um, and he was fit, except for he had he had the, the, the weak left side. So I said, okay, we can figure this out. And I was using my ski poles, and he didn't have ski poles. And he said, gee, he said, how come I don't get ski poles? I said, I'll make you a deal. When you can make a turn in each direction, I'll get you on ski poles. And that was the carrot, because he really wanted the ski poles. So we worked on it, and essentially what I ended up doing was I taught him the American technique of counter-rotation on one side, and then I did the old artwork, wind up and throw your body uh, to make a, 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 you know, a, a roundabout turn. And I got him to a point where we were actually skiing and uh, got him poles, and we started off, and uh, three days later, we were up on the hill, and we were skiing on a blue run, and his dad skied by and saw him and said, what, what are you doing up here? So I'm skiing. And so uh, we skied around, and his dad was flabbergasted. And at the end of the week, they came in, and they said, you know, you changed our family's dynamic. And I said, well, what do you mean? They gave me a, a really exorbitant tip. And uh, they said, uh, they said, well, you changed the family dynamic. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, he's always had to listen to his little brother tell him how to do things. And by the end of the week, when we were skiing, he was telling his little brother how to ski. And as of today, or as of that, having that crossover, he's no longer the, he's, he's no longer the handicapped brother. He's the brother that can help his little brother ski. And I think that's the most gratifying lesson I've ever taught. Now, tell us a little bit about your book. How do you 
tell your story? Is it chronological? Is it year by year, season by season? Sorry. <laughs> well, it, it started. It started out as year by year or season by season. But uh, the way it the way it ended up is basically what happens in each chapter. I tell a story of w- what was happening to me and how I was processing what was going on, and then we also go into what was exactly happening in the U.S. ski industry. And uh, we did a lot of uh, we did a lot of uh, searching and a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, finding out things and making sure that what we were talking about happened in that year and everything. So the book progresses from 1951-52 to the Beijing Olympics in 2022. And it chronicles me and where I was in my my career. And I'm one of these people that uh, I always talk about my life is like seven really happy accidents where I happened to be at the right place at the right time. And I ended up getting a really cool job or I ended up getting a real cool introduction to somebody. And uh, my whole life has just been centered on on the ski industry. And uh, I work for three of the major companies. I work for uh, 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 A&T Ski Company when they were distributing K2 and Solomon. I work for Lang Ski Boots and I work for uh, K2. On, on the manufacturing side and uh, then on the, the ski side or the teaching side I taught at five different ski areas and uh, so I, I've, I've always been immersed in this and even when I was off doing my own thing with my own business and stuff and especially when I was in the ski business if I didn't get a teach that year I, you know it wasn't, it wasn't a complete year so even though I was really busy I would at least take a week off and go teach uh, skiing, and uh, so I, I guess you'd say that I just am a, a, a kind of a ski bum junkie. <laughs> so, how throughout your life have you endured summer? Well, I, that's the next book, actually. <laughs> I've always been in, I've always been enchanted by water, and uh, I lived in a in the town of Slide of Colorado, the Arkansas rivers there. So I was a whitewater kayaker when I was in uh, high school and college, uh, you know, competitive whitewater kayaker. My grandfather was an was a inveterate uh, fly fisherman, and so he taught me how to fly fish when I was 10 years old, and so I've always fly fished. And I always kid everybody that, you know, in the summertime when I'm fishing, I'm, I'm reusing the snow that I skied on last winter. And that's that's kind of how my life has gone along. And, and you know, later in life, I had a career in the fishing industry that was uh, was pretty good. But the uh, the summers for me, and I, to this day, I don't know why I didn't do it because I had several offers to do it. I should have gone to South America or I should have gone to Australia or something and skied in the in the summertime. Because now I look at all my friends that are doing that, going down to Portillo and things like that. And uh, I, I wish I'd have done that when I was younger. <laughs> Mike, my life in winters uh, available now. Where can you find it? Well, it's uh, it's on Amazon, and it's uh, I have an Etsy uh, account where I can sell it. And uh, we are working on, or we've worked on a thing uh, with PSIA where it's going to become available. On PSI through PSIA with a 25% discount, um, 
uh, if they it's if there's a, a thing on there that you can do pick it up with your uh, your your phone and place that order and you get a you give it at 25 off of the retail price mm-hmm. and uh, we're excited about that because I know that there are instructors out there that would enjoy this book and of course my hope is is after they've read the book they'll pass it on to some of their clients so. Now, are you doing any signs or appearances or, or public book sellings at some of the ski areas? Uh, I, at Big Sky, I will be doing quite a few because I, that's where my client base is right now. And uh, the Boyne people have been really, really spectacularly complimentary to me about the book. And they've, they're going to put it in their retail outlets up at Big Sky and through the Boyne uh, organization. It'll be picked up. Um, and as far as signing, uh, PSIA Northern Rocky Mountain has our Fall Fest, and I'll be there uh, for the Fall Fest, and especially on the night that they, the fundraiser night where we have the silent auction, I'll be selling books um, at a discounted price to PSIA members. Uh, and uh, I, I think that uh, REI is going to pick the book up, and they've already asked me to come in and do a talk. I when I was this summer, I went to the 60th uh, reunion for Vail. And while I was down there, I got the book into seven different museums in that uh, greater Colorado area. And uh, two of them have asked me to come back and, and do a talk in January um, uh, about the history of the ski area in their particular locale. Like uh, in Frisco, they want me to talk about Arapahoe Basin and uh, Keystone. And then at Breckenridge, that they want me to talk about Breckenridge, obviously. Um, and then the, the book is in the in the museum at uh, White Whiteface out in uh, New York City, where the Olympics were held, the '80 Olympics, and the uh, uh, the the. Tenth Mountain Division uh, and um, the uh, Colorado uh, Ski Museum has the book in in in, uh, in in place, and are actually selling it uh, fairly effectively right now. So uh, that's kind of the the, the genesis, or you know, what, what we're thinking about. So that sounds great. Well, Mike, anything you'd like to say in conclusion to the the membership? Well, I you know what I'd like to tell everybody is. You know, it, it's really interesting to me when I think back on my life, how many lives I affected because I got them to do something that they were definitely afraid of initially, which is getting out on a slope and having things on your feet that slick and they slide away from you. And I think that, you know, I really love what's happening in the ski industry. Uh, as far as gender equity, uh, we are so far ahead of most of the sporting good, uh, uh, sports. As far as gender equity, it's incredible. Um, we have a chapter in the book about women in skiing. And if I'd have written this book 10 years ago, I think the book would have been two pages. And it's the largest chapter in the book right now because of, uh, of the way that the women are being treated now in the snow sports world. My Life in Winters, authored by Mike Ewing. Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us on First Year. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad to have been able to do it, and I look forward to meeting you face-to-face. I look forward to meeting you as well. Thanks very much, and thank you all so much for listening to First Year from the PSIA, ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado.
I'm George Thomas.